gracia sangaton gira Yesus Kristo kagang bugma sang Dios ngamai kagang pagiyupun sang Espiritu Santo ya ramunta sainyo ngatanan to join us here in Bacolod Provincial Jail as we offer Mass this morning for all of the prisoners here and for all those who are suffering all over the Philippines. My Father O'Brien, if I could start by asking you about the reasons why you're why you've been framed on this particular charge. What, what is the real reason? There are many reasons why we've been framed. Uh, on the political level, you could say that the church has become uh, a threat to the political dominance of a small dictatorial clique who have finally muzzled all the forms of protest in the country except the church. And they're determined to take examples of some priests and discredit them before the people and thus uh, reduce the threat which the church is to them. Now, in the, on the island of Negros, where we are now, the, um, some people say that the priests are challenging the hacienderos, the sugar planters. Is that, in fact, what you were doing? Yes. 
It's true. When we come and preach the good news, we mean by that that men are all men are brothers and sisters, and uh, that somehow the society must reflect that in the forms of social organization which can take place in the society. So we have pushed for 20 years for the reorganization of society along Christian lines, and that rocks the social boat, and that threatens the status quo, and that brings out the worst in the guardians of the status quo. But what about the Columbans themselves? What type of effect has this whole affair had on your own order? It's had um, two or three effects. Our own Columban society has been, since the Vatican Council, has been trying to renew itself in the spirit of our founder, Bishop Galvin and uh, Father John Blowing. And in the process, we've come to the realization that our work must be with the poorest of the poor and working to help people to achieve their rights and justice in the light of Christ. And uh, working this out in in theory seemed one thing. Working it out in practice and taking the consequences is another. Now we find that, uh, if you like, we're paying the price of uh, this particular direction which we've taken. And uh, whereas in the early stages of the Council, many priests found it very hard to accept the teachings of Vatican II. But when it comes down to brass tacks and we have uh, been put in the dock as a result, they have rallied around behind us and the net result has been a great surge of unity in the Colombian society. What type of support have you got among the people here in the Philippines, the people in, in, in Negros? Um, among the uh, poor, massive support. They don't need to be told, they sense automatically, like the prisoners here, for example. Uh, among uh, the middle class, mixed. Those who are employed directly by the government uh, fear to speak out, fear sometimes to support us because their livelihood will be threatened. But those who are independent of the government have sided with us uh, courageously. And among the rich division again, we have made many dear and close friends among many of the uh, upper classes, some who are model employers and model uh, farmers, but a great number see us as the uh, harbinger of the total end of the society that they have built for themselves over the past 400 years, and therefore they think we are uh, an evil that must be removed at all costs. And do you want to see the end of that society? Certainly. I think uh, the semi-feudal society that exists must go, uh, but I don't want to see it go in a convulsion of blood, and that seems to be what they are pushing towards, because they would seem to prefer uh, fratricidal war to quiet reforms. Are you revolutionary priests? Do you really see yourselves as revolutionaries rather than priests? Uh, I see myself as primarily a Christian, and as a Christian I feel bound to help to build a world in which all men and women are brothers and sisters. And that means changing this society, and that means a revolution in the society. But at the same time, I do not want a bloody revolution. I want a non-violent revolution. I prefer it to take a slow rather than quick and bloody. I'd rather it to be slow and uh, unbloody. Uh, at the moment, the guardians of the status quo will not give one inch, and they would prefer a bloody revolution which they could put down uh, the way the revolution in Ireland in 1798 was put down. But in, this, in the Philippines, there is a revolutionary organization called the NPA, the New People's Army. Do the, what involvement, if any, do the priests have with this organization? Um, the priests uh, are... 99% of the priests are not involved with it. A large number are very sympathetic towards their aims, and a small number have 
left the priesthood and or maybe not left the priesthood but literally gone up the mountains and joined them so uh, but the, the normal run of priests are sympathetic but would prefer a non-violent solution do you see violence coming here eventually do you see this society the the present regime ending and some form of a bloody revolution taking place I almost dread to answer this question. On the present course that the present regime is going, they are pleading and begging for a bloody revolution. They will give no reforms. They will not allow any s alternative. The only alternative in a civilized society is that the legal court system is in itself capable of solving the problems that rise between groups and peoples in a particular society. If the court system is so destroyed and so corrupt and so clogged up that nobody can get justice, people automatically turn to violence. I think that the present regime is heading straight for a head-on uh, civil war, which would be, for me, uh, a terrible cataclysm and something that uh, I, I feel I, I, sh I, I, I feel horror before. Father O'Brien, uh, what do you think is going to happen to yourself in the end and your other colleagues here in jail? Nobody knows the future, but you can guess by this. You can read the signs of the times. All of the signs which the government and the military have given us, right up to yesterday, which you witnessed yourself, is that they are determined to go for the juggler in this matter. They are going for the kill. They are determined to condemn us, to condemn us, and to find us guilty. And at this very moment, while Charlie, while you're talking to me here, they're rounding up poor people in the mountains and trying to uh, intimidate them into giving false evidence. You said in an RT interview, which many people listened to with interest when you said that you thought that you uh, could be sentenced to death, do you still believe that is a real possibility? That is a real possibility. And not to see that is to be unrealistic and is to turn, is to put ourselves in greater danger. And if anything were to happen to you like that, what effect would it have in the areas in which yourself and Father Gore and Father Dangan um, represent? Um, the immediate effect of terror, of, of terror and uh, injustice is to cow people. That is the immediate effect. But the long-term effect is to call up the nobler emotions uh, in people and in the priests. And it gets the church to take the side of the poor. And in the long run, it can only be for the building up of a better world. Do you think that the do you think that the Irish people um, have sympathy for your case, for your stand, for your position? Well, I, I don't get many of the papers, and of course, since Ireland is one of the few countries in the world with no shortwave radio, we don't hear much from there. But uh, any news I've got shows overwhelming support from the Irish people, uh, which I find uh, deeply uh, comforting and strengthening because that's my roots and that's the source of my faith and my strength.
on the I sleep here during siesta now because uh, with so many visitors, maybe 500 a day, it's impossible to get um, away for a few minutes. So I come into this cell. There are about 20. Phil, how many of you are in this cell? No, no. 26. Uh, 26 here. So I sleep just here. No, no, it's over there. No, no. Um, why are all those black marks on your face and your lip is split and you've got uh, your eyes are black and blue and you've got marks all over? Why is that? Because she's, she's stabbing me. The, uh, the provincial guard. The provincial guard beat you up. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, why did the provincial guard beat you up? Because she, she wants him that I'm the one who get the, his um, his chicken. Did you take his chicken? No. And he beat you up. Yeah. Was he punished for beating you up? Yes. Spanish me beating. He punished you, but did anybody skin sakitsia? Was he punished for beating you up? My not sakitsia. Why? <laughs> English. No, no, no. Nobody. Yes. So in other words, they were beaten up. And did you go? Did you go to the doctor? Yes. Yes. Oh, we sent him to the doctor. Actually, that's what happened in the case. Actually, they also beat up, beat another prisoner to death. Just where? Where was that? When they beat the prisoner to death, where was it? From the other side of that cell. Just in there in the corner, no? Were you watching? Yeah. You saw you saw it? Yes. I saw him. You saw him die? Die and she's snubbing the, by the provincial guard there. The provincial guard. Did anybody punish Kinsaket and provincial guard? Did anybody punish the provincial guard for doing that? No. So that's the situation really that they're... Uh, they can do what they like with the prisoners in here. Of course it's changed a little now. Father, could you just describe this particular cell we're in at the moment? This is the one that you have your siesta in. What, what, tell me about it. Well, um, there's 27 in this cell. As you can see, that hole in the floor, well, that's the toilet now. And if people use the toilet, it's visible to the other 26, which is, uh, I find, very embarrassing for myself, no? But there's a few old sacks, but they're sort of, you can see through them, no? There. Then that little square on the floor there is where people wash, uh, well, in front of everybody, no? And over there is a, where they urinate, which is on the floor, because there's no urinal here, no? And uh, this, um, if you look up this end of the thing, this wall here, when it rains, the water pours, cascades in like a waterfall down the side of the wall. And those little bags, which have all been put together, they belong to a poor fellow who seems to have gone out of his mind. He's like one of the bag women in the underground in New York. He keeps all his things wrapped up, and he has no blanket, just a sack to put over him. Now, many, you see the cement floor here, how very clean everybody is here. Everybody's very careful. We're the only ones wearing shoes, actually. We shouldn't be. But everybody usually takes off their shoes when they come and leaves them over there so as to keep the floor clean. And uh, they sleep on the floor, except maybe of the 27, one, two, three, four have uh, wooden, wooden pallets to, st to sleep on our canvas. Uh, the rest have to sleep on the floor, and that gives them, uh, that gives them uh, TB. Now, what's coming in now? There's something being brought in. A big, well, heavy iron has been brought in. What's happening now? iron uh, cauldron, well, that contains the rice, uh, or else gruel. But it's rice today, and um, that's the, the, the ultimate, gr of gr <laughs> the last lowest grade of rice available. It's usually old rice that got wet. And that is, uh, they're being handed out their share of rice now. But they won't get anything else with the rice because... Uh, the five little fishes which they got this morning, that is for the whole day's allowance. Now, there's only one 
that arrangement of wires there, which looks very dangerous. There's one electric bulb just over your head. Now, that glares all night, all day, because uh, they want to be able to count the prisoners at any, at any time. Uh, there's a new light which we put in, because when we have a mass here every Sunday, and people at the collection, we keep the money, and we uh, bought a light for every cell so they can work at night. Now, if you look over there in the corner, you see that uh, Last Supper. Well, that's um, a very beautiful, done in marquetry, using the uh, stem of the sugarcane flower. And um, that's done here in these very bad conditions, but it looks an exquisite piece of work. I mean, uh, a uh, masterpiece, actually. And um, this, they work away at those things to try and make a little bit of money to pay for a little bit of extra food. Father O'Brien, I mean, how many of the people in here at the moment have never been tried and are just locked up here, as it were? Well, actually, we're in the process of making a, a census at the moment, which we haven't finished, but I would say that uh, most of the people here, that their cases have got clogged up in one way or another in the legal system, and uh, they just have stopped moving, as it were. Like there would have been one hearing, and then two years later, no, no, more, no more word of it. I'll give you one little story, if I may. A man came to us from that cell over there the other day, and his story is this. It's just unbelievable. He had 60 days to go to be freed in the prison of Montinlupa, and, I bef and just before the 60 days were up, it, in the document arrived, a legal document saying that he was uh, accused of another murder. So a good friend here who tries to help people went to the accuser, went to the complainant, and said... Uh, Oh, this man, he's been in prison. How could he have done this murder? And the, the complainant looked at the court uh, document and said, Oh, they've got the wrong man. It, that's not the man. It's somebody else. But that was last August. The man is still here in prison, and apparently the typing error, or this sorry wrong number, cannot be undone. And there's nobody who gives a damn about it in the prison to do anything about it. I mean, there is nobody here who can, who can work on, th on that case, except maybe ourselves. Papa, uh, Tatai. Um, Father, I, could you ask this man about his particular case? Um, okay. Um, again English, no? I'll translate for you as I go along. Um, okay. So, ang imo kaso nga may luyag well, his story is very simple, Charlie. It's really terrible. Uh, they have a tiny little piece of land um, which they rent, but the man who was renting to wanted to get them off for other economic reasons. And so he sent a group over to the house who killed his wife. And she's pregnant, so he killed his child as well. So in anger and frustration, he, he went off himself and... Uh, went amok with, 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 a, with, a, with a farm knife and, and, and killed two of the attackers. And uh, in return, then, uh, the other family who were very big put, had three of them are put in prison. That was eight months ago. There has been no hearing, and his eight children are at home with nobody to look after them, nobody to watch the carabao, and the plants which they planted are now being... Mm. Uh, the, the nobody to look after or to, or to harvest the things that they had already planted. Did he say that one of his uh, children is in here as well? Yes, his boy is in there, the boy who's helping to dole out the, uh, the rice there. Um, what's your name? Uh, Norman Gonzalez. Norman? 
Just stand a little longer. Norman's daddy has just been talking to us now. Norman, in the blanket, I'm talking about why can't I put some paddy sang tao to? Si tatay mo lang. Why ko tuh pagkatabo to pader? Why ko pader patabuan? Okay. Pero ginakusar kaman nagupot kasi nagupot yasa kasi patay. Ano? It is true that the the father, in his anger and in his frustration. Uh, did what he shouldn't have done in in uh, well he was defensive pagkabatay mo sila ara sila gatake pa o kung naglagas ka sila why drag is balay oh so it was in they were attacking at the time when he held them off with his bolo goro with a bolo knife but this boy norman was not in the house at all he came home to see the blood dripping down through the door of his mother and the child and so because by the time he came home every all the killing was finished and uh, he's now here in prison with uh, an uncle or a cousin, and there's nobody to look after the family because he's the oldest boy. Could you, Father, could you describe what the prisoners are eating now? Their, their food is in front of us. Um, yes, well, um, that's the rice which has just come in, no? It's called NGA, no? And that little fish you see there, uh, that's a sap-sap. Actually, the art of taking, <laughs> taking the meat off a sap-sap, or taking the flesh off a sap-sap, uh, deserves an award. It, it, it's almost impossible to, get, to take the flesh away from the bones. And then they have mixed in it, actually, the, f the leaves, are, uh, the flower of the banana. Uh, that's the flower of the banana. And um, that there is the, f is the, the flower of the banana. Um, uh, we call it a flower. And what's this here? Anoine, man. Anoine? And that's uh, some capayas, uh, some unripe capayas, which has been made. Though that was given in the morning. So they've held on to some of the food. Yes, they took kept some of them. And it's in that tin. You see that that tin can is where they keep the fish. You see, and in that plastic container. Then, so I think they're squatting on the floor because there are no chairs. And then uh, this is the place. Actually, there's a, a very acrid smell of urine around the place because that's just beside us. Is the sort of open urine. And they're there. just eating less than two yards away from it. Yes, they're just within a few a few yards of this hole in the ground for the toilet for the 27 people. Could we move to another cell? Yes, certainly. Father, there's a whole lot of fish lying out here in the sun, the little sap-saps. What are they doing? Well, actually, cooking facilities is one of the great problems here. Uh, they're actually trying to get them to be cooked in the sun because they don't have any firewood. You see some firewood lying out there, which people have broken. See, naturally, you know, in a prison, you're not allowed knives. So breaking the firewood is a problem. You do it with a stone. In fact, I've often wondered what they did in Stone Age times to, to cut wood. And I saw it for my first time here with a hand axe, uh, a stone which you hold in the, in the uh, f fist of your hand and hack at the wood. Uh, so that can be used then as a little fire, but of course it's quite precious. And uh, so uh, that's another way of cooking, is just by putting it in the sun. Um, your name is Angimungalan. No, no. Angimungalan. Edwin Poy. Edwin. See, Edwin is here. How long is Edwin? Edwin is 16 years of age. He's been here since the age of 14 in this prison. And uh, in Edwin's case, uh, it, it, he's the only boy, man in the family. It's a one-parent family. And he's lots of younger sisters. And uh, they live in the marketplace, and there was one of these uh, fights in the market in which Edmund uh, had been beaten up, and knowing the only way he could do was to go home and get a, an Indian target, which is a little um, dart with out of a nail, which he fired. And uh, unfortunately, it uh, killed the person. And so Edwin is naturally here. But he has, um, I think, two years, two years in Imukes. Uh, 
Um, Problema, he probably has the beginnings of TB now because uh, he's so, like he grew up here in the prison when a time when he's growing, when he needs more food. At night time he often says he's hungry. How long do you think he'll have to spend here? Or could you ask him how long he believes he'll be here? How long do you think you'll be here? One year uh, he has one more year to go, one year more to go, he says. Do you think he'll get out after that? Uh, I really could not say. As you can see, it's very well organized. Um, good morning, everybody. This is Charlie, my friend. You know him, no? Um, uh, this cell is well organized. As you see here on the walls, they've done very nice pictures of Our Lady and Our Lord, which they, uh, nighttime they sing and they say the rosary here in this cell. Uh, they're very hard worker, and particularly this man here whose name is... Uh, Eduardo Herbolario. Eduardo Herbolario, and he's making a little sign with God bless our home. And God bless our home is going to sell us. Now, Eduardo has been here for. How long have you been here, Eduardo? Sobrana, nine years. More than nine years he's been here. Nine years? Yes. Yes. And his case, the judge, the story of Eduardo, I'll tell you, hindi ba lang ano ang kaso mo sugirik mi sa Malipur na sugilano na Eddie, ha? Ang akong nga kaso, ang murder kag madugay na ini, na katapusan akong nga vista sa itong July 14, 1979, kagasta subong wala, para matagi sa ang nagkaigo nga decision sa korte. The court case closed in July 14, 1979, and since then, There has been no more news from the judge. They've sent several messages to the judge to ask him, would he kindly make a decision? And he says, I'll see what I can do about it. And that's all we hear. Sorry, Father, can I be clear? Are you saying that, that there has still been no verdict in his case? Yes, I'm saying that there's been no verdict since 1979. So now you can see that in our case of the bail, how uh, even to get bail in one of the greatest cases that ever hit the courts here, it took us uh, for the bail decision. Um, six months practically after the, the hearings closed and, um, and that's with this man has been several years and he's been in prison meantime waiting for the decision so if he was found innocent I mean if the courts were able to find him innocent he'd have been 10 years in prison without uh, without, a, without anybody being able to give it back to him 10 years from his life and he's a married man Father could you ask him uh, what exactly is his uh, daily routine here what does he do Eddie, we, when we get up in the morning, we wait for our food ration to arrive. After the food ration comes, we take, we eat that, and then we start immediately working at our projects. We keep working on our projects till the ration for lunch comes. We keep working away at our, after lunch, we keep working away at our projects till the, till the ration for supper arrives. Pagkatapos naman sinapan niya po magpawayway kami anay. Pagkatapos naman pawayway mga alas city, maumpisa na kami sa amon nga pag Santo Rosario. And then after supper, we, we rest a little bit and then we start saying the rosary and singing. Father, can you ask him uh, what has life been like since you have arrived, since the other priests have arrived? Um, 
Ad- Eddie, sige rin kami uh, nag um, halin sa pag-abot namo ng mga pare. Eh, ano ang na, nagbago ang kabuhi ninyo o kung may diferensya na na kaya rin kami o kung namumang yapon? Sa ang pag-abot nila ni Father Brian, Brian Gorni, ni Father Ubrin, ni Father Dangan, daw medyo nagbago ang amon nga pag-inawidre sa sulod tungod sa mga pagbulig nila. Kagdamo ang na na-implementar nila ng mga kayuhan para sa amon ng mga preso. Uh, he said that things have, uh, our whole uh, system has changed since they came and they've introduced a lot of changes on behalf of the prisoners. Malipayan uh, kangare kami? He says they're happy that we're here. But you just must look at that, Charlie. This is the last supper on the wall there, which looks like something Leonardo da Vinci would have done. Look at the remains of it, isn't it beautiful? Yes. Yeah, sorry there. Could you ask him, in the nine years that he has been here, has he seen much um, of people being beaten up, much violence? Sang siyam katuwag nga rin, kadari, nakita mo nga may mga prisugin balbal o may mga prisugin gimpatayo ka nusugiri kami abe. May mga aragid man pero nagkomentar sila sa mga sala nga nagkakadapat gid man sila nga disiplinahon. Pero ang pag-ambot ko silingon na mga may mga ang ginggo ang ginhimo sa mga guardia ambot ko silingon. May may uh, ginub may ang mga guardia may naghimo sa mga magbalbal sa mga tao dire. May ara gani nga kwan may ara sa natabo pero sala man gyapon sang preso tungod nga nagahimo sila sing mga sala nga hindi nagakadapat nga kaginanglan gid ang disiplina disiplina man lang He said that there's a lot of discipline is necessary here in the prison and if the guards have uh, done things to the prisoners it's because they needed to have discipline and the prisoners have uh, faults which seems to me to be a little bit of a, a commentary on what happens after being 10 years in a prison, but your, how your mentality is gradually changed and you begin to admire your oppressors. Okay, in uh, uh, si Eduardo Febelario, Eduardo? Fabrica Sagay Negros Occidental. From Fabrica Sagay Negros Occidental. From where? Fabrica Sagay Negros Occidental. And what age is he? 38. 37. 37. And married with how many children? Oh, I know, no children. Never had the opportunity. <laughs> well, actually, uh, to give them their due here in the prison, I think marital rights are uh, it's one of the human things, uh, human aspects of the prison here that uh, somehow or they seem to take place. <laughs> Father, could you describe for me the washing facilities here as we see them now in the yard? Well, you see those uh, three young men there, they're w- one of them is covered in tattoos and they're trying to wash their clothes underneath. There's three jets of water. The first jet of water is washing water, and then about six inches away from it is the drinking water, and then just six inches away is the dirty water from the guard's room, which is flowing right on top of them as they wash. Look, that is the water which is being used in the guard's room. So it's all making a, a, a puddle or a little mini lake around which, which they're standing. And uh, just uh, two yards there, you see the septic tank with a big gap in it, and swilling around inside is the human feces which, uh, as you can get the aroma yeah, here, well, we're I think in the we better hot. move away. We're in a hot, it's very hot mm. now, it's in the afternoon. What temperature is it about it? Uh, I, I would say it's now about um, uh, 30 degrees um, uh, Celsius. So it'll be up in the 80s and it'll get hotter, will it? Oh yes, it'll get hotter as the day, but certainly it's very hot inside, you know. Uh, now you see around on these little 
uh, benches that people have put out clothes. They've tried to wash them. Everybody here really tries to wash, but they, they're very, very careful about personal cleanliness. But the fact is, nobody has any soap. So then uh, also people are tempted to sell what soap they get for food. So uh, lots of the people visiting us bring in bars of soap. So we ha we give it to the head of each cell, the head in each cell, and they. Uh, have been sharing it around lately, so needless to say, with a bit of sun out today, people are all washing. Over here, you've got the uh, black hole of Calcutta, I call it. This, the technical word here is the Bartolina. Now, the Bartolina is the punishment cell, and uh, um, these boys are in here um, uh, for uh, extra special crimes or something like that. How are you? And um, so they're. Oh, come on, so anyway they're in here and they work very very hard they work night and day we gave them a new light well, there's a brownout at the moment the electricity is off was it okay? okay no, no. good they've got a hmm? oh yes with low voltage or your lights wouldn't come on the thing is you've got to put the light on early because it's a fluorescent light and then it'll stay on even though the voltage goes down the voltage went down to 140 instead of 220 could you describe for us what uh, what it's like in there could you ask them well, what it's like in there the ano ang inyo ano sugiri kaya ano mga mga kabudlayan sa pagtanaya dere sa salod dere it's very, very small and it's roasting hot, he says in here. It's terribly hot, he said. And the reason, of course, it's so hot because they can't, the sun, uh, like, there's no air can get in. That's the only hole in here you can see. And, of course, the gate is never open. How many of them are there? I, we can barely see inside. Yes, there are three of them in there at the moment. Mm. Yeah. They're actually in their underpants. Yes, because it's, the, it's so hot. No, they, Perspiration dripping from one young man inside. You can barely see him inside. Yeah. Could you ask them why they're in there? Um, well, the boy in the red underpants there, he, he was put, he's put in there because he tried to escape. The other two, I can't really understand what, uh, the, what they're saying to me, but he seems to say to me that they feel so desperate that they're afraid they'd do something dangerous and they asked to be put in there. Uh, that's, that's quite remarkable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm standing here with you <laughs> looking into it, uh, and the conditions outside in the yard are, are so horrific, are so horrendous, but to look in there, I mean, as you say, it's like the dark hole of Calcutta. Well, another one of those mysteries. <laughs> Could you describe this room for me? Well, uh, first of all, feel like a bit of prison in your day. There are 21 living in this room. It's about uh, 30 paces by 15. And uh, there are uh, actually no windows, but there are four slits up uh, where there used to be windows, but they fill them up. And the slits have bars along them, about six inches long. The slits are there's uh, in the corner, there's uh, a hole in the ground for a toilet. And uh, there's uh, a sort of a little um, 
uh, half wall uh, behind which people could shower and urinate. Uh, by showering, I mean that you bring in in a petrol can, you bring in some water from that uh, watering place outside, and you squat down and pour the water over you. There's for the 21 of them, there's two beds or maybe four wooden pallets. Uh, the rest are on mats on the floor. Squatting in the corner there is this young man who seems to have gone out of his mind. And uh, hanging around the wall are all the clothes uh, drying because there are no, there's no place to put your things and there are no chairs and there are no tables. The, um, this is the cell beside your own one? Yes, this is uh, cell number seven. We're cell number eight. And... Um, we're cell, no, this is cell number six, yes, this is the cell next to our own. Recently there's been a ceiling put in to stop people escaping because apparently there was a large escape here last year through the ceiling. Um, by the way, Charlie, uh, we've been locked into the cell as you can see, however, don't worry. Uh, that is a game of drafts, if you don't mind, Charlie. And they've, they've grooved out the draft board on the ground. And from years of playing there, um, like those men changing the guard in Buckingham Palace. They've worn uh, <laughs> grooves along the, uh, in, the, in the ground, as you can see. So the stones are the red and the, are the white, and the caps are, say, the black. Why have we been locked in? What's happened? Have we uh, been maybe because, you see, the, from now on the gates are locked. There's only certain hours that are allowed out for sunning, you see. So that time is over now, so everybody has to retire into the cells, and the cells are closed, and we're going to be counted. There will be somebody counting now, yeah? Yes, there'll be people going door by door counting, and the guards are changed every six hours, and the counting is done every six hours. Maybe we could call the guard, could we? Yes, maybe he'll let us out now. And we'll just see. Who, I'll just call him. Guard, this fellow is not a prisoner. Uh, not yet. <laughs> maybe we could talk to the guard, could we? Yes, of course we could talk to the guard. Let's go to a place where we're not so immediately in the glaring sun. Okay. Uh, uh, We've been just let out okay, the um, prison. The guard is just locking it now. So the prisoners are inside. It's just... What time is it now? Um, Neil, it's now... Just coming up to midday, the hot afternoon sun is beating down into the prison yard. All the prisoners have been locked back into their cells. Could you describe for me exactly uh, the scene at, uh, at this moment? Well, um, it's sort of midday here, so to speak. Uh, the sun is beating down on the rusty iron corrugated roofs of the old Spanish buildings. It's a quadrangle. We're in a square, we're in the corner of it, and around are the iron gates of the ten cells. And uh, many years ago, somebody attempted to plaster and whitewash the walls. It's all peeling off now, revealing the old Spanish red brick underneath. Uh, the actual um, uh, floor or ground of the plaza is, is pretty grim. Uh, there's a sewer running diagonally across it, which is open in four or five spots because it gets clogged up, so they have to open and they have to clean it out every couple of days. That brings the sewage from cell number, uh, uh, from cell number 10 here. And there's a whiff of... Uh, the, the, the sewage is coming down towards us just now. Uh, stretched out around the yard are uh, people making an attempt to clean, keep their, get their clothes washed uh, by laying them out on bits of wooden trestles. Um, 
the watering place over there, there are hens and cocks feeding, belonging to some of the guards, I understand. And, uh, of course, there were a lot of ducks here, many, many ducks, but we asked for them to be removed because they were, uh, their droppings were all over the yard and making the place very dirty and we had so many visitors. Then in the corners you see those round drums which uh, we got donated as sort of uh, rubbish cans. And as you can see, the people are very clean here. They, they put the things into the rubbish cans without being told. In fact, the place is amazingly clean when you consider there are 200 people living here. Down uh, about the wall, just on our right, is one of our own... Uh, lay leaders he's uh, silacking or putting varnish on some wooden artifacts which he's just finished uh, that's boy mangao he's the only one of our lay leaders who is not married uh, in the uh, in other parts you see people are urinating along the side of the walls there's no urinals here and there's no place for urinating except just around the in the actual square uh, most of the most of the cells are now closed at this particular hour. Ours has been left open, as you see. We have a lot of visitors have just been coming. Uh, lying out around the place are fish drying and the remains of charcoal fires where people cook outside the cell. Once the cell is locked, they cook inside the cell, and the smoke uh, can be quite difficult to take when they're smoking inside the cell. Uh, outside our cell, you see, there's a lot of people cooking now because um, we have quite a lot of visitors too. Uh, washing is hanging up around the walls like in any tenement and uh, people are looking out sort of sadly through uh, the gates at this particular hour. On the walls there are graffiti, They're always with a sort of uh, fatalistic touch uh, to them, written usually in uh, Tagalog and in a sort of macabre language or lingo which they only use in the prison where they have special words for things here which you don't hear outside at all. We're leaving the quadrangle now through this big iron gate into the old, what you might call a visiting room. Actually, this was an old cell in Spanish times. And uh, we're passing on our left here. There's a, a little store, if you like, where um, biscuits, uh, in inferior quality biscuits and soft drinks and soap and things are sold so that visitors can, uh, can uh, take things into people there, to, to their people they're visiting. Actually, the things are quite high-priced here, naturally, because... Um, there is a, cl a closed market on it. Nobody else has an in on it. Could you describe what's going on here? Well, um, there's a big uh, sort of unpaved yard there with uh, washing, an old car dumped in the middle of it and um, washing hanging out and people crossing over with towels around them as they're going to wash in one place or another and uh, other people, animals, cocks and hens and dogs uh, patrolling around the place and just crowds and crowds of people coming and going in every direction. Uh, prisoners down on their hunkers, getting away from the sun under a tree. And if you come around the corner here now, you've got a whole village. You see, as you remember meeting a man in there who's been in prison for ten years, there are many, many people like this. And over the years, their families have come, in certain cases, to live with them. So you've got a sort of Dickensian situation. Frankly, I don't... I haven't been... I'm not really, I'm really out of bounds just now, if you like, and I'm not too sure what's going on here, but I would say that these are the children of many of the guards, but they could be the children of some of the prisoners too. Uh, could you describe what the place looks like? Well, to tell you the truth, my descriptive powers fail me. It, it looks like... Um, <laughs> it looks like nothing on earth. <laughs> it's, it's old sheds whose roofs have all caved in, uh, they couldn't possibly hold out a drop of rain or a bit of sun. With tattered attempts to keep out the elements by means of bits of cardboard, bits of plastic, and bits of uh, coconut branches scattered over them. 
In fact, uh, if somebody drew it as a film set, you'd think it was just unbelievable. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time.